Sports are Life with Brent and Jeff. Now let's get out there and melt some faces! That is right. We are here this weekend once again with another Alter Life show. Well, my name is Brent, Jeff sitting across the table, and we are excited for another great Alter Life topic. And uh, we definitely thoroughly intend to melt your face off. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're looking forward to doing that this evening. Get the ice cubes out because your face is going to melt. So you need to keep yourself stored like up. Oz. Yeah, like a refrigerator. So we got lots of great music in store. Um, we're going to be talking about a topic called the quiet and prayerful servant and how to intercede for the lost and um, what that all means. We're, gonna, we're being parked in First Timothy going through the What's Cooking in the Hood series. And tonight what's cooking is something quiet, something prayerful, something delicious. Mm, <laughs> something tasteful. Yeah, this is part three of the What's Cooking in the Hood servanthood that is series and uh, tonight we're talking about the quiet and prayerful servant and uh, a heart that is to in- intercede for the lost for the unbelieving world that we live in and um, we're in first timothy as we have been for the last couple weeks especially in chapter two and um, why don't we jump right off with that verse and uh, sure it says, therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we, we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And um, verse 8 says, I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. We're going to be talking about prayer and interceding for the lost tonight and, um, you know, how we go about effectively doing that. Um, one, one key point I think that we leave off in our evangelistic strategies a lot of times is just praying, yeah. <laughs> you know, just asking the Lord to save them. Um, you know, we think of all these ways to reach the lost. You know, there's this emphasis of how do I reach the culture for Christ and uh, we got to be like the culture so we can infiltrate the culture so we can save them out of that yeah which doesn't a lot of times make that much sense but um, you know maybe it's a little bit simpler than that and if we look at the word and go back to the basics um, of what Jesus called us to do and to be light and salt in this world um, you know we can take a lesson here from Timothy and and learn how to intercede for the lost yeah it's not we don't win souls. People come in, they, you know, have their sport coat and they're holding it in their right hand and they're going to win souls for Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, they have their little scoreboard that says, like, me and then the devil. And it's like, oh, you almost got them that one. <laughs> you know, and then if the person doesn't accept Christ, they're like, ah, oh, they're going to hell and the devil's got them. And it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> they get they get so into that, like, results-based intercession when it doesn't really say that they're going to, you know, see the results right away, but it, he does say to pray everywhere, to lift up holy hands, and it says that God desires to see all men saved, and it's up to him to bring the increase. You know, there's lost there's lost souls all around us, and um, we often get so wrapped up in our Christian culture and our easy Christian lifestyle, and if you live in a Christian family, <laughs> and the lost isn't necessarily always in your face, go to a Christian school and you just kind of bombard it with Christians all the time, you may forget about the mass of lost souls that are in the world. And, um, and maybe you're just, you know, you're like, yeah, I know they're everywhere. And, um, you know, it's almost like we forget that one of the real, one of the reasons why God has left us here didn't just save us and just take us right away is that he wants us to be there to spread 
the good news of Jesus to a dying world. And, um, you know, how do we do that? How, you know, to serve other people, the best way to serve somebody is to live Christ for them. And then they can see what it's all about and start following this Christ too. And um, how often do we, you know, do we think about that as we go from day to day? And I think that this Servanthood series, you know, what better way can we serve people than to present them with Jesus Christ? And I think that we sometimes get lost in the whole, uh, the importance of the delivery of the gospel and how we're going to do that, as opposed to just preparing our hearts and praying for those people so that God would reach them. Because, you know, ultimately he's the one that draws men to himself. You know, there is an urgency, obviously, because, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the return of Christ and more and more people are finding more and more ways to go to hell. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously there's nothing new under the sun, but people are, you know, this this uh, country that we live in, as well as, you know, around the world, the, the emphasis on God is becoming de-emphasized. <laughs> and uh, this is no longer considered a Christian country like it once was. And, you know, not that people are following other religions. They're just more and more atheists, more and more people that just think that this is all there is. And, um, you know, it's a sad state that we're in when you think about the fact that this country was founded and there was a fear of God in, in the men who founded this country and the fear of God is gone from this country. So, you know, what a, what a, you know, it's a hard ground, but it's also so fertile because these people are so uneducated when it comes to the things of the Bible, you know, in a, a way that we never could imagine in America. You know, there are people that are still not heard the gospel for real and and are you know hardened to the fact that you know god could love them and forgive them of their sins and and call them to walk holy you know it's uh, it's something that people it's foreign to people and you know it's our job as christians as we're here in this earth not just to get people saved but to pray for them to to pray that god would soften their hearts so that you know we might not be the person that's planting the seed but that their heart would be ready when someone does come and plant the seed. Like when Paul's talking about, you know, Apollos may plant, I may water, but God brings the increase. You know, I think we need to pray for the people's hearts to be changed because they're not going to receive any eloquent message that we give them to get them saved. It's all about where their heart's at. We're not good enough to, to be able to convince people to love Christ. Like, we're, we're not spiritual enough. We'll never be to be able to convince somebody with just flat words and just our reason and logic because you know this decision that people need to make in order to accept Christ that salvation decision is something the Bible says that the Lord does in our hearts and you know how we're not the Lord so obviously we can't do that in that person and um, how foolish are we if we think that we're just going to barge in tell people something that's going to convince them with our own words without the Holy Spirit without the Lord's intervention it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> it's impossible and you know you know Jeff just kind of talking about just how we've lost you know some of that you know that desire and that and that that grounding in this world we're such a dead culture um but the Lord can do amazing work, and the Lord wants to do that work in our midst, and he wants us to be a part of it. And um, the best way we can do that is to start asking him to be used by him and um, whatever capacity that is. You're listening to Their Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was more than a love song by Fire Flight. Hey, do us a favor. Check out our website. Why don't you? <laughs> www.thealtarlife.com. If you go on there right now, you can uh, check out. You can listen to our show online, obviously, but you can listen to last week's show uh, to get all the information that you missed 
from uh, last week's show, which I believe was... Uh, I can't remember the topic last week. Can you remember what it was, Brent? Hmm. Uh, we forget. It seems like such a long time ago. We don't look at the past. We just keep going for it. Ah, inadequate service yeah, is what it feeling was. feeling inadequate. And I, I just... How inadequate was it that I couldn't even remember a show that was seven <laughs> days ago? That's pretty sad. Lamo. It's because I'm just so, you know, I'm quietly praying as I'm doing this show. Right. Uh, yeah, that's just oh, that spiritual I, one. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Don't you forget <laughs> it. Like when we did this show, Jeff asked me to take my shoes off because, you know, in his presence. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are so not like that. Holy ground. Yeah. Holy grounds. Coffee grounds. Mm. Holy socks. <laughs> that's why I told you to take off your shoes because your socks were holy. Hey. Uh, that made no sense at all. But hey, don't you forget that you can check out everything you want to know about the Ultra Life on thealtralife.com. I was just thinking about as we were talking about our topic. Um, pretty, pretty cool thing. You know, I was just, I, I'm so impressed and so amazed by the transaction of events that happened when Jesus rose from the dead. And, um, you know, he gave the, the disciples the charge to go and, and you know, minister you know, the, the Great Commission, you know, go out and, you know, speak about me to Judea and Samaria and the most parts of the world, you know, go out and spread and share the gospel. And and then he said, and he asked them to go and, like, just get together in the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill them up and to charge them up before they went out. So here's the disciples have been told to, like, go out and, like, do this amazing work of for the gospel for Christ. And first to stop and wait and go there and pray and get filled up in the beginning of Acts. And, um, you know, it says, it's pretty cool, like in Acts, it just found a verse. All these, all the disciples were there. And it says in verse one fourteen says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. I mean, you can picture the disciples. They were all in this room together. And they were all huddled up just praying and seeking the Lord and, you know, the interceding for their lot for the lost and praying and asking the Lord to fill them with his Holy Spirit and you know it was like that was where they started that was the starting point of their ministry and um, you know that's where they kept going back to too because as you read through the beginning of Acts you always found them in someone's house breaking bread praying with each other in one accord it says and um, you know where is that today in the church like where are we being faithful in doing that or are just we just moving kind of counting on our Bible teaching and our experience and our um, the fact that we know the people we're talking to or um, just that comfort level and just kind of going through the motions. And um, is that really what the Lord desires for us? Um, I don't think so. I think the Lord, the Lord wants us to seek him. And it's amazing when you start praying how the Lord just changes your heart toward toward people and you know the lord might even give you insight into what the what the person's really struggling with or what the real issue is that's preventing them um and so you know how to pray better for them and you start doing real work like real ministry and you're not even talking to them, yeah. those people you're just talking to the lord and the lord's talking to them and that's the most important thing um so anyway it's pretty cool when you think about the power of prayer that way and how we can um, influence a lost culture that we don't even know necessarily personally by just interceding and being on our knees and praying and doing the spiritual battle and we had a show a couple weeks ago about prayer and the power of that and that's what we're talking about tonight you know but in context of the lost what an amazing thing we can do um with that We're off and running. Hour two is upon us. Thanks for tuning in to The Ultra Life with Brent and Jeff. Episode three 
of the What's Cooking in the Hood series, Servant Hood that is, and uh, we are excited to be here. Thanks for tuning in tonight. I think I already said that, but we are just so thankful. It's so never be too thankful. thankful. Never. never. We never want to forget the little people. No one was like, you know, that guy just thanked me way too much. <laughs> you know, we like to be thanked. Yeah. So, like so do you. That's why we do it. Because we appreciate it. Period. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website, www.thealterlife.com. You're unbelievable. The Alter Life. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, that was out of my hands, the turning, and as you could tell, it's the unbelievable segment. It's kind of my favorite part of the show. Yeah. I love it. Forget all that. Spiritual stuff. Bible talk. It's time for unbelievable, the salt on the soft pretzel of radio. But one of the unbelievable phenomenons in this culture is the whole concept of having a special line for the the express line at the grocery store. Ten items or less. (laughs) Or sometimes it's seven. Sometimes it's I've seen seven. I've seen 15 items or less. I've seen 12 items or less. It's like a dozen. Baker's dozen or less. I don't know. It's like... Now, what is the punishment for those who break the rule? Because there isn't really a, a cop there that's policing <laughs> that rule. And nobody's so, counting. Like, yeah. whoa, calm down there, person with 12 items. You need to get to the back of the line. <laughs> Aisle five. We and gotta. it's like, has anyone had realized that they picked 13 items out and realized that I really want to hit the 12-item or less line, so I'm just going to not buy one thing? <laughs> now, how about if you get, like, a six-pack of water? Is that six items? Right. Oh, I or was is that one item? Is it per, you can ca- argue. Is it per type of food or is it per item of food? Because if you buy, like, buy one, get one free yeah. chips, right, does that count as one item because you bought two chips and it was basically one was free? Yeah, so there's only actually one transaction taking right. place. How do you work that out? Or is that two because you just count physical items? Now, what if I was to like lay across the assembly line? Um, would that count as more than one item? In my case, probably would. <laughs> I have no idea why I said that. <laughs> I just picture myself climbing up on it. I don't either. I was like, like yeah, and what uh, if you did that? There'd be some more. There'd be some definitely some more serious problems than just twelve I also, items. Or I less. like the self. Or the self-help lane? Yeah, the self-checkout. <laughs> self-checkout, self-help. That's not right. If you feel competent enough to use their machinery. It's always more more of a problem than it is, you know, because it's always like, please insert item into the bagging area. I'm like, it's already in the bagging area. <laughs> Would you just... It's like, ah, and you just get frustrated. Why you did I buy person. radishes? I don't even know what the code is for that. <laughs> the funny thing is, is like, that there's a person standing there to help you, and I always feel bad when I need their help because it's like... I went to the self-checkout for one reason, and one reason alone is not to inconvenience anybody else but myself, and um, that unbelievable just wasn't long enough, so we're going to continue into this segment with more unbelievable things about self-checkouts and 10 items or less lines. Yeah, and you know, some stores probably shouldn't have the self, they, they caught the they caught the trend, like Lowe's, <laughs> but it's really not practical. Like, you're sitting there going through, like, 12, 20, scanning the same screw, you know, 20 <laughs> of the same... Ugh. It's you like know, an 8 by 10 Because there's no functionality for 20 times this, which yeah. all the other cashiers have. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm, gonna, I'm the, the, the dumb one who decided to do self-checkout, and I'm now I'm paying for it. Yeah, Ugh. and, like, I just... It's it's so sad because it's a machine. It's got the little cartoon image that's showing you exactly yeah. what to do. Please insert item. I into can't figure it out. I can't. Man. Anyway, twelve <laughs> items or less. Self help. You know, you'll you'll be laughing next time you go through one of those lanes at the store. But uh, coming out of that song, we were just thinking about the idea that our church, you know, our church specifically, but just the church in general, 
has kind of grown this us versus them mentality uh, when it comes to the lost and when it comes to the world that we live in. It's always, you know, they're going to get you, so you need to be on guard. And instead of really just the idea that we were put here on this earth for them, to minister to them, to intercede for them, and uh, to break down that dividing wall, not that we were going to go out and be like the world, which I think that people think that, you know, that's the only other alternative instead of, you know, fighting against the world and abstaining from sin if you're not doing that the only alternative is to be way involved in in sin and everything like that but uh, just the idea that we are those people you know that is us we are lost and going to hell without the grace of God which you know thankfully God provided us the opportunity to accept his grace and everybody has that opportunity it's up to us to pray that God would impact those people the way he did us you know that he reached into their lives and put the right people in the places at the right times for the opportunity of seed to be planted and watered and sown and and that he brought the increase ultimately in their life why would somebody actually want to come follow a christ and a savior which makes which the disciples of that person of jesus is an elitist group of people who you know have a line drawn that says you know you can only come over here if you get saved or whatever you know it's almost like this this mentality like if you want to be the ultimate click right it's like if you want to be part of the ultimate click then get saved so you can be one of us and it's like you want to be in my top friends on facebook (laughs) not just in my friends my top friends it's like (laughs) and you know there is something to be said about just the brotherhood and the fact that when we get saved we're now part of the body of christ and they're, they're you know that's not what we're talking about it's more like you know do we exclude people from you know from from being a part of our lives and you know having a relationship with somebody just because they're not saved you know and we should be impacting the loss for christ by getting into their world and, and preaching the gospel and praying for them and just continuing on what we were talking about in the last segment um the reason that we might not have a heart for the loss is because we're keeping the loss at bay you know yeah. we're like fighting them off um we don't realize how close we are to them and how fortunate we are that you know there but for the grace of god go i that old adage or you know that old saying that we so quickly toss aside but i think we think that we have done better things or that we're ultimately better when we're the exact same sinful you know lost person except for the fact that we made the decision to follow christ you know the flesh that we have is the same flesh that they have um we thankfully have the spirit to fight against that flesh but it's not it's not for us to divide from the world it's for us to pray for the world that god would save them just like he saved us because we received god's grace the altar life music truth real period all right that was sing for me crystal myers um if you think about the story about the blind man and um and Jesus healed, and he kind of put the, the, the spit in the sand, and then, you know, so we'll wash it off. And then the Pharisees were grilling him and was like, you know, who did this? He's like, I don't know who it was, but all I know is that once I was blind, now I see. And we all can relate to that because we've all been blind, and we all now can see if we've been saved. And we, there's, if you ha- if you're not saved, then you're still blind spiritually. And, um, you know, you don't have to be very eloquent. You don't have to have all the qualifications. Um, Paul didn't, you know, and there's, there's a verse in the word that, that talks to that, but 
um, what we do have to offer this world is the experience that, you know what, we were blind once and now we see. It's as simple as that. I mean, that's if you've had that experience, you are equipped and able to share that good news with somebody else. That's it. And, um, man, it, it just flies in the face of needing to have a certain list of stuff in order to be worthy enough to go out and share the gospel. And um, if you don't feel like you can do that, you know, you're sitting here and you're like, yeah, but I get so nervous or there's, you know, I get overwhelmed by the thought of just opening my mouth sometimes. Maybe it's, it's you know, it's not as important just to open your mouth as it is to, you know what, if I can't do that, I'm just going to say and I'm just going to pray. And then eventually, I think the Lord will give us the courage and the opportunity to share. Um, and you'll just walk into an awesome opportunity because the Lord will set it up for you. It's not something you have to go out and find. Yeah, the the fact that you're going to be praying for that person or not even speak people specifically, but just the loss in general. The more we pray about that, I'm sure that the burden would become more in our hearts so that the urgency to, to share that message would, will naturally come from the Spirit of God. And um, Brent hit it right on the head there. Like Paul, you know, whether he could or could not, you know, be eloquent, he chose, he was like, it's not even important. In in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, he says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That, you know, it's not anything that I bring, in my, and I'm not taking the gospel and making it really attractive by what I say. It's my heart for you coming through, um, and, you know, that people are going to see that. They're going to realize that you have a heart for them to be saved. Have you been to our website, www.thealterlife.com? And go there right now. Just get up. Go ahead. Walk over to your computer. Unless Maybe you're, you're there. The <laughs> Unless you're already on the computer, then it's just really easy. Just drop us an email. Just say hi. That's it. Just say hi, and um, we'll say hi back, and uh, where we're listening, and just tell us where you're listening from. It's exciting to hear from people that are all over the country, all over the world, that are checking in and listening to our show. So, um, you know, it'd be fun to have friends around the world. It's cool. It's fun. All right, that was Where Your Heart Belongs, Mainstay. And I guess that's the important thing, right? You know, in all of these topics, whatever topic we ever have, it's always about, like, where's your heart, right? (laughs) And, um, you know, if you really want to make an impact in this world for the lost, you know, one thing we're kind of saying tonight is it's not about what you bring to the table. It's not about your qualifications or your the amount of knowledge you know about about God or about the Bible. It's about the experience that you had, and you have the good news living inside of you. And, um... You know, so don't don't trip out when it's about, when it's all about that. But just walk into the opportunities that God has given you, and and pray for those opportunities, and God will surely give them to you as well. Yeah, the, the interceding. You know, that's a big word that we use in the Bible, but basically just going to God on behalf of these people because they're not praying. They're not. You know, they're not going to God and be like, God, I feel lost. You know, um, no one no one comes to the Father unless the Father draws him. So it's up to us to pray that God would draw them, and. Uh, you know, God, like I said before, you know, it says it right in uh, one of Paul's epistles, you know, whether I plant the seed or this person waters or, you know, God brings the increase. So the pressure, we put this pressure on ourselves. Like it's our job to go out and, and preach. And if the people don't get saved, then it's our fault. You know, we didn't do it right. And it's not that at all. We need to pray. The one thing that's in our hands is the ability to pray for these people so that their hearts would be softened to hear the gospel. We may not be the one who's bringing the gospel to them but that doesn't mean we can't be the one that's praying for them. So let's take that and let's run with it. Let's get on our knees and pray for this lost world. Until next week, be cool cats and pray and live for Christ. 
The Altar Life. Music, truth, real, period.